You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. Make sure to find the rest of the team and follow my guys over at Hootball Gaming. At Hootball Gaming. Also, want to shout out the Hootball Celtics podcast and the host, Patrick Lounsby, at Ballin Opinions on Twitter. Make sure to give him a good follow. Basketball season's right around the corner. If you're a Celtics fan or you need some Celtics coverage, Patrick's your guy. You, he, you, know, you can find him being very active on Spotify Greenroom. He does at least two or three different events a week on there. Phenomenal podcast, phenomenal Celtics coverage. And then for your fantasy football needs, check out our guy AG at Talking Sunday. He's got a great fantasy football podcast that he does for us. And he's always putting out some really good content on his Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation as always. And of course, want to talk about and highlight our sponsors a little bit. MyBookie.ag as well as Manscaped.com. Show would not be possible without Hoop-Ball.com or those two folks. So go to Hoop-Ball.com, go to MyBookie.ag, use promo code HoopBall, and then while you're at it, open another tab, go to my awesome, awesome friends over at Manscaped.com and go ahead and use promo code HoopBall20 to zero at the end. All caps. All caps over here. We have a little bit of recap to do from last night. We have 
some Friday college football games to look at today. Today's going to be a little bit rapid fire. We're going to move quickly today. Shorter show. I get on, get on, and uh, get moving and grooving today. Last night, I'm starting the week off perfect. 0-2. Appalachian State squeaked out the win by one. They did not cover that seven-point spread. And the defenses did not do what I thought that they were going to do. So, bad looks on me, but... Our boy Doug at Mel's Dynasty on Twitter, one of my guys, he was on the over last night. I was on the under. I was on Appalachian State. So you win some, you lose both of your bets some. Sure. Uh, Doug, really, really sharp. He's got a lot more college football plays in store for this weekend. I know our guy Adam's going to have some. We've got amazing new talent cropped up. At Power Bet Sports. The guy's phenomenal. Richie, we call him Campy. But he's been hanging out in the Discord for about a couple months now, making phenomenal plays. We just tallied up some of his recent progress within the Discord. He went two and one, I believe it was two and one or three and one on his first night in the wager pass. And look, over the last couple of weeks here, No, this week, just this week, in the Discord, we went through and tallied all his stuff. Twenty, And this is MLB. 29 and 14 for plus 18.8 units. And that's just setting every odd at minus 120. If you were doing that. And that's not including his live plays. He's been rolling out some phenomenal live looks. The guys in the Discord channel chatting it up with them. Doug's in there. We got Mr. Jingles that's been talking with them. And then, of course, MBN96, one of the uh, more common names that I see in the MLB channel. So shout out to Richie, Power Bet Sports on Twitter. And he's been holding down the MLB fort for us on top of Jonathan Martinez with his home run ding props. So We have some baseball talent galore going on right now, but that 29 and 14 mark for plus almost 19 units just this week, that pays for your wager pass subscription alone, and you'd get the Discord access with the wager pass. So jump in. Join the family. Tons of value. I mean, you got 43 plays right there from Richie just this week in baseball. 34 and 16 combining his uh, wager pass and discord plays. So amazing. Welcome to the team, Richie, Mr. Campy. So lots of stuff to look forward to to NFL this weekend. The team's got plays loaded already. We've got Justin Fields starting for the Bears. So with that being said, like I said, I'm going to keep today a little brisk, a little light, like a good balsamic vinaigrette. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just roll right into the Friday night games. There's one in particular that you've probably heard me harp on a couple of times for the week already. And if you know me and you know my small schools and you know who I like, then you already know who I'm talking about. And uh, I'll save that one for last because I think. Other than that one, 
the games tonight don't really offer me too much. So I'll probably talk about these more in a football sense, in a fandom sense. But you look at what's going on on Friday night, and there's just a lot of weird lines. And we'll talk through that. We're going to talk through some different angles. Um, I'll start with Middle Tennessee State and Charlotte. Middle Tennessee State, I don't – okay, and look. This is a this is one of the things that's tripping me up on this game because look they're on the road they just had a quarterback decide that he uh, Bailey Hockman decide that he uh, didn't want to be on the team anymore uh, he got some looks but not all the looks that he wanted uh, Charlotte's linebacking play, you know, I thought that was going to be a strength of theirs coming into this season, but they've actually underperformed quite a bit. We are seeing uh, in terms of the spread, 35% of the bets going in on Middle Tennessee State, but 62% going to the money. Lots of increase there. I'm looking over some uh, other plays, see what folks are thinking. Um, Charlotte 121st in pass defense. Um, I'm sorry, pass offense, 60% rushing attack. Middle Tennessee State has a bottom 10 offensive success rate per Colin Wilson over on the Action Network. Again, really great guy, really sharp. Really love the stuff he puts out. Would love to maybe get him on the show. I had to reach out to him, see what's up. Sorry for my heavy breathing in the microphone. I need to, I need to be better about that. But hey, it's what you sign up for. <laughs> I just, it's early in the morning. I'm getting my oxygen levels right, getting my caffeination level right. So, 56 is the total. I tried to play under last night on the Appalachian State game, and it didn't work out. These two offenses, though, terribly inefficient to start the season. And you look, looking at the first quarter, really interesting, really interesting. I'm looking at, okay, so the first quarter, and I'm just digging into some numbers here. I'm trying to listen to what the market's telling me. You know, like Rain Man, you know, just let the numbers speak to me. I, you know, I got a long ways to go to be the Rain Man of sports betting, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm finding this pe- pretty peculiar. We're looking at the first quarter spreads, right? We got under 12 and a half at minus 115 on the total. Plus a half point for Middle Tennessee State's minus 133 to minus 135, but they're plus 112 on the money line. You flip that over to Charlotte's side, and we're seeing minus half a point at plus 115, so some plus money there. Minus 137 at the money line. I'm going to go off on a limb and say Charlotte's got the better defense. They've got more ground control. They've got more consistency on the ground. Both defenses, however, are very successful in regards to not letting their opponents finish drives. So finishing drives is a metric that I uh, really like to look at. 
And I'm looking at MTSU's offensive ranks. They're 91st in red zone efficiency, which Charlotte's defense is 29th. That goes back to last year. They were a phenomenal red zone defense last year. Both teams terrible on third down conversions, 95th and 115th, 82nd on first downs for Middle Tennessee State. Defensively for Charlotte, 103rd in what they allow their team, their opponents to do on getting first downs. Charlotte does not get a bunch of sacks. Middle Tennessee State are ranked 75th in sacks allowed, so perhaps we see an uptick in some negative plays for Charlotte's defense. And the quarterback situation, again, a little in flux, but right now they are 55th in passing yards. Charlotte is 129th in rushing yards allowed. Yards per play, 123rd. But they don't allow their opponents to score. See, okay, so they let them march up and down the field on them, but once they get to the red zone, they clamp down, they create turnovers. They're 34th in the country in turnovers created, 39th in points allowed. Middle Tennessee State's offense, 113th in points scored. 35th in turnovers, so it's going to be a huge turnover battle. We're going to need to look and see who can be a little bit better in that regard. And what we're looking at here on Middle Tennessee State's defense versus Charlotte's offense, we got a lot of green numbers that are conflicting data bumping up against each other. Charlotte's defense is only uh, – they're 17th in the country in turnovers given up. Middle Tennessee State, fourth in turnovers created. Now, I think it's important to find out exactly who and what these teams played against in terms of teams. So if I look through Charlotte's schedule here, Charlotte did not move the ball at all against Georgia, Georgia State. Excuse me. And I was high on Georgia State coming into this year. They've had a tough non-con schedule. But they returned 11 offensive starters and I believe 11 defensive starters. Their offensive line is intact. Their defensive unit, the front seven, is solid. And we saw a struggling Charlotte offense on the road go up against this defense. But they held that potent Georgia State offense to only 20 points. Charlotte played Gardner-Webb 38-10. They won. Gardner-Webb, not a bad FCS school, but an FCS school nonetheless. It speaks volumes that their defense did what they were supposed to against the Bulldogs. And then Charlotte started their season off by winning against Duke by three, which Duke is not, you know, like a – I mean, I guess if you're a mid-conference group of five, Conference USA school, getting a win against an ACC, uh, you know, in-state, I won't say rival, but in-state opponent in Duke. I, I mean, that's pretty big, but they allowed Duke to score 28. Um, and Duke's offense is not that great. Duke, uh, David Cutcliffe, in my opinion, he's – I love him as an older coach, but he seems to be getting more and more out of touch with the college game. So looking on the one and two record for Middle Tennessee State, they blew out Tennessee State on – my birthday, September 7th. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That was last year. Sorry. Uh, Monmouth 
You know, they whooped them up 50 to 15. It's Monmouth. Virginia Tech, they lost 35-14. So, struggled to get the offense going there. And then they just struggled to get the offense going against another good defense, another Conference USA team in UTSA. Charlotte and UTSA, I believe, offer some of the same similarities. And I feel that Middle Tennessee State will have an issue adjusting and playing against this type of defense. So if I'm looking at that first quarter stuff, here, after we break down some of the defensive ranks for Middle Tennessee State. Now, you look at Middle Tennessee State. They had that game against Monmouth, 50-15. to That's where a lot of this green number stuff is going to come from. They played decent against Virginia Tech. They played decent. Uh... I'll look through some of the box score here. They only mustered up 66 rushing yards. That's that's pretty rough. But they got 20 first downs against this ACC defense. 7 of 16 on third down. That's pretty good. They held Virginia Tech to 7 of 12. They ran nine more total plays than the Hokies. But they uh, hurt themselves in penalties. They had more time of possession, actually. And uh, they threw an interception, lost the turnover battle. So only one interception. Looks like Virginia Tech was just able to sustain drives a lot better. And, um, you know, they scored 14 in the third quarter. Virginia Tech did 21-7, to outscoring Middle Tennessee State in the second half. So they just pulled away. But it was a 14-7 game going into halftime. So maybe Middle Tennessee State can keep it close. But I'm looking at some first quarter stuff here, like I said. And so I want to see, okay, so they've lost the first quarter 7-0 in their last two against UTSA and against Virginia Tech. I believe that stands out to them having to make adjustments throughout the game against defenses. Middle Tennessee State, Chase Cunningham is going to be their starting quarterback. Against UTSA, he went 9 of 18 for 150 and two scores, no interceptions. They were utilizing two quarterbacks, but like I said, Bailey Hockman left the program. He went 5 of 12 for 41 yards and interception against UTSA. UTSA has got a really good defense. Charlotte, not as good in my opinion, but I believe good enough to win the first quarter. This is a Middle Tennessee State offense that did not score a single point for three quarters against the Roadrunners. Their run game is not very dominant, not dominant at all. But you look at yards per play on their defense. They're 12th, rushing yards allowed, 44th, 53rd for passing yards, 51st on first downs allowed, 69th in sacks. So not a lot of pressure. I believe Charlotte will be able to get their ground game going. Their physicality will be able to come out and play. And I think Charlotte's defense overall is just going to be a lot more prepared, a lot better for what Middle Tennessee State is ready to do. Uh, 27 and a half is the first half spread. I don't have an opinion on the first half, but look, I'm looking at this first quarter. I'm looking at perhaps under 12 and a half with how strong Charlotte plays within the red zone. And, you know, they let teams march on them, but they bend and they don't break. So that's sometimes going to be an indicator that a team is a good, solid defensive unit. 
allowing yards is going to happen, uh, but you can't allow points. So if I'm looking at Charlotte Middle Tennessee State here, I'm seeing that Charlotte just has to win the first quarter by a point, and I'm getting plus money on it. But yet the money line is minus 137. To me, that's saying that Vegas thinks Charlotte definitely wins the first quarter, but we're going to give you a little bit of a bone by them just winning by a point. To me, it's a little, I won't say fishy because I believe there's a lot of value in it. Fishiness usually derives from there not really being value in a line, in my opinion. But Charlotte, the 49ers, minus a half point in the first quarter at plus 115. I think there's value in that. I do. And if I look at Charlotte's first quarter success here in the early parts of the season, it was a 0-0 tie. Look, this is a 7-7 game against Georgia State, who I am high on, like I said. Georgia State 2-2 on the year with their losses being against North Carolina and then I believe Army. Yeah, Army blew them out and then North Carolina whooped them and now they got to play Auburn this weekend. Then they play App State. Ooh, Georgia State schedule. But then they get UL Monroe, Texas State, Georgia Southern all in a row. But then they get Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State, and Troy. Man, I hate that I'm so high on Georgia State this year because their schedule is brutal. Anyways, Georgia State has faced some tough competition this year already. And Chase Reynolds and co for Charlotte, you know, they hung. They hung. Uh, Charlotte's got an ACC victory under their belt. And they've played some decent competition. So looking at Charlotte against Duke, because I I don't want to look at the Gardner-Webb stuff. Yeah, I mean, they were up 7-0 at the end of the first quarter, uh, down 14-10 at the half against Duke, and then they just uh, went ahead and stormed back in the second half. So I believe Charlotte in the first quarter is a strong bet. Charlotte by half a point. I originally didn't think that I was going to have anything on this game. Like I told you, I didn't really like this slate. Wake Forest and Virginia, ACC matchup. The Demon Deacons are 3-0. Three and a half point spread right now, 68 and a half. It was 70 and a half. I ultimately just looked at that 70 and a half number, and I, that's a lot. That's going to be the highest total on the slate tonight by far. 68 and a half, still very high, and it's come down two points. This is going to be a close game. I think that the line, the total is inflated because Brocko Mendenhall's defense just gave up a ton against Sam Howell in North Carolina, which Sam Howell is going to put up 50 points again at some point this year. The total right now, 40% of the bet, 68% of the money for a plus 28% differential of the two. I think 65 is my number, my key number. Originally, I didn't really think of anything of this game, but for that number to be so high and for the steam to be coming down the way it is, 
I think that you've got to take a look at the under. Just looking at both teams' defensive efforts. And look, the, the defensive ranks for Virginia, they're still what they are, even with that atrocious outing against North Carolina. The only red numbers that they have in their metrics, according to the Action app, Action Network app, 98th in sacks, 97th in turnovers created. So that's something that can adjust. You know, turnovers will happen. Sacks will happen. But they're seventh in red zone efficiency, then 16th in third down conversions as a defense that they allow, eighth in first downs, ninth in passing yards allowed. And again, this is coming off of that whooping that they took against the North Carolina Tar Heels and Sam Howell, which they held him at bay for, you know, a half. And for the defensive rankings to still be that that good after allowing so much, you know, to me, that speaks volumes about, look, and Bronco Mendenhall, he's been doing this for a while. Bronco Mendenhall is a great coach. He's got some great pedigree, and he's a defensive philosopher, you know? He's got innovative offensive schemes, but you look and see what he's done in his career as a defensive coach going back to BYU. It's pretty obvious that he's a good defensive coach. 59 is what they gave up against North Carolina. All right, so the numbers defensively for Virginia, Virginia can be a little skewed, I will say. They went against Abilene Christian in week one. Then they faced William and Mary in week two. Virginia took on Illinois in week three. Illinois, as you know, not a great offense, but they did what they were supposed to do against a Big Ten school. And then they handled business against an FC, two FCS teams, outscoring them 98 to 15. They blanked William and Mary. It's hard to get a shutout. It, it, you know, in any level of high competition, it's hard to get a shutout in college football. You know, these young kids, you know, they'll make mistakes here and there. There's humility. <laughs> but, you know, 15 total points combined. Look, they've allowed 20, their first three games, they allowed 29 total points. Outscoring their first three opponents, let's see, 42 plus. 55, 97, plus 43. What's that? That's 140 off the top of my head, I think, right? 140? Um, 140 to 15 in their first three games. Even giving up 59 points, they scored 39. So they're still outscoring their opponents technically by a lot. Wake Forest I love what they're doing this year. They got a revitalized offense. They just whooped Florida State 35-14. But their level of competition been pretty low in the first two games. They played Norfolk State and Old Dominion. They allowed Old Dominion, who didn't play any football last year, to score 10 points on them. And 16 for Norfolk State. Wake Forest, where I think they're going to be exposed is the fact that their red zone efficiency as a defense is 99th 
So if Virginia gets down in the red zone, they're probably going to score. Virginia is going to need to run the ball, in my opinion. Wake Forest, that's where they're going to be weaker at. They actually do have a pretty good pass rush. 57th and sacks. UVA's offense, very, very, very balanced in regards to their metrics here. 10th in turnovers, a green number. 22nd in points, which, again, we highlighted who they played, so take that with a grain of salt or two. Yards per play, 10th. You know, the fact is that they're executing their game plan. They're executing their plays. They're doing what they're supposed to. So, Virginia at home. I've got the lean to that. I'm leaning to the under. I'm not going to be playing these games. I'm not going to be riding them up into the wager pass or utilizing them any way, really. This is purely me picking apart these lines for you, the listener. If you want to go make a play, you know, take what I say, use your own education on this. And I want to say and highlight that you don't ever want to just go play something because one of your favorite people, which I hope I am one of yours, one of your favorite people or some of your podcast folks, you know, say to go do something. You take the information that you get. You take whatever news is out there. You take what's going on with the market, put it all together, and make your own educated decision because this is your money at the end of the day. This is your money. These are your funds that you are choosing to gamble and risk with. And that is the most important part because we're here to build bankroll for you. We're here to help you with that. I think this line is way too close. It's way too close for me. But I'm looking at Virginia winning this game. Like I'm going to put them in on my picks for tally site. I think the under definitely screams, play me. There's so much sharp action on the money, on the under. There's a lot of big money on the under. There's a system, a calculated system on the Action Network. Again, not an affiliate, just a wonderful tool that I like to use. And it's getting a B rating. The over is getting an F rating at 68.5. Right now, the projection... We're looking at 64.7 points. 64.7 points. The under has the best grading out of the systems used in the projections on the Action Network. It's a plus 5.2% upgrade. They're calling, like I said, for 64.7 points. I think 60 is my number. I think West, or I'm sorry, Virginia's defense is going to be the crucial uh, dynamic of this game. So with that being said, lean to the under. I'll be playing. Look, I'll I'll tell you how it is. On tally site, I am going to be playing Virginia Moneyline, Virginia minus three and a half, which has come down from four. And then I'm going to be playing under 68 and a half to try to get a trifecta on this on tally site. So if you want to put 10 bucks on all three of those, I'm confident that we could hit a trifecta. I'm confident that two or three of those would hit. But 
I am telling you as a betting man in the betting scope versus making picks, it's a little different. I personally will not be playing these. So take with that your grain of pepper and salt that you want. I think Virginia's in a good spot here, though. I do. I think we're going to see some really, really good football in this game. UNLV, Fresno State. This one. This one. Man, I don't, I don't even know really what to make of this one. It's, it's 10 p.m., so it's the chase game. 10 p.m., CBS Sports Network. UNLV is just really bad. Really, really bad. 30 and a half is a lot of points. It's at 30 in some spots. UNLV's offense just does not move the ball. I would look to play under 14 in the first quarter, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Fresno State come out and score on their first two drives. Even if that happens, we get a push. I think their defense is good enough to hold UNLV. This Fresno State defense, though, and if you recall from the week zero breakdown I did, Fresno State's defense is going to be really good this year. They already have shown to be very, very talented. I mean, they held their weight against Oregon. They just beat UCLA. They stopped Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You think they're going to let UNLV run over them or anything like that? I mean, 30 and a half is just way too many points on a spread for me to take, especially in college football where more backdoor covers tend to happen. Something I might entertain. And that's still a lot. That's still a lot. 19 and a half in the first half. Folks, I'm sorry. I just, I I don't know about this one. I I don't, you know, I've looked at it through the course of the week. I was hoping to maybe get some line movement to help me indicate what was going to happen. UNLV's team total is at 14 and a half. The over on that makes sense to me. I think they could get 17 points, 44 and a half for Fresno State. That is a lot. This line is just astronomical in any which way, and there's not a ton of value. Maybe you see it differently. Maybe you're saying that makes total sense to play the huge spread, Devin, but I I don't, I don't see it. I'm seeing lots of big money coming in on UNL or um, yeah, UNLV only 24% of the bet percentage coming in on UNLV, but 54% of the money on the 30 and a half. Wow. That's a jump, 30% increase. And then you look at Fresno State getting 76% of the bet percentage, probably a lot of the public, some of the more non-educated or lesser educated folks who just go out there and throw their money there. Um, they probably saw that Fresno State whooped up on UCLA and got the win. And then they're just like, yeah, they're going to cover against a terrible team. But it's 30 and a half points, 31 points. 
but their money percentage decreases down to 47%. So that's 29% decrease, 29% increase for UNL. Oh, wow. (laughs) It literally just went from 53 to 54 or 54% down to 53% as we were just talking about that. Anyways, Fresno State, 4-0 on the year. The Arizona State Sun Devils had a 34.5-point spread against UNLV. UNLV covered. UNLV put up 33 points against Eastern Washington and lost in their first game. Since then, they've only scored 13 points. They scored 10 against Arizona State, 3 against Iowa State. I feel as though they get two touchdowns, but that 14 and a half, it's going to come down to the hook, I would say. I'd say they score 14 to 17 points, probably 17, but 14 would make a whole lot of sense to me also. Fresno State, they won by three against UCLA. They allowed them to score 37, but they were able to squeak out that three-point win as 11-point underdogs. They were 19-point underdogs against Oregon, who went on and beat Ohio State, as you may know. They only lost to Oregon by seven. That number was 63. That went under. UConn. That number was 63 and a half in week zero, and they whooped UConn 45 to nothing, which we all know what what kind of team UConn is. So looking at these defensive ranks, and look, these defensive numbers, sure, they have UConn in there, they have Cal Poly in there, but they also have Oregon and UCLA. They showed out against the Pac-12. Fresno State, and I said overall, 4-0 uh, four, four and oh against the spread. I'm sorry. They're 3-1, and one, obviously, because they lost to Oregon. 4-0 oh against the spread. Um, look, they don't get a lot of sacks, which is surprising to me because looking on to them this year, they're I, I, I thought that their pass rush and their pass defense – which, I mean, their pass defense is good. They're fourth in the country in passing yards allowed. They're 12th in the country in rushing yards allowed, and that's saying a lot since they just played UCLA with Dorian Thompson-Robinson as well as Zach Charbonnet. They also played C.J. Verdell of Oregon, who if he handles business, he could be in the talks for maybe getting a Heisman finalist vote. C.J. Verdell, very dynamic back. They're 12th in rushing yards allowed, second in yards per play, first in points allowed. This Fresno State defense is the key to this game, but I just cannot back a 30-point favorite right now. I, I, I just, it's, it's a little much. Too rich for my blood. I got peasant's blood. You look at UNLV's offensive rankings, and they're just bad. I mean, they are hundreds plus. Ooh, man, got a little slur lisp going on there. A hundredth plus in four different metrics, 92nd in yards per play, 87th in turnovers. Hmm. Sacks allowed. They're 116th. So look for Fresno to get more sacks this game. Passing yards, 111th. The pass defense of Fresno is phenomenal. They got some very aggressive 
very aggressive corners, a couple of very talented safeties. And then you look at the Fresno State offense. They're only 83rd in the country in red zone efficiency. That's pretty bad. But, you know, again, they, they had that game against Oregon. That whole first half against Oregon was pretty, pretty rough. They had a, I believe it was a pick six or an interception inside the five-yard line that their quarterback threw and Oregon took back. So that'll play a part in that. Third down conversions, top 50. First downs, 31st. Passing yards, they're fourth. They still have that potent passing offense. 68th in rushing yards, 27th in yards per play, 17th in points, so top 20 there. And then they're 43rd in turnovers given up. So green number there, little less bright green, but they are still a green number there. Then you look at UNLV's defense, 100th or worse in one, two, three, four categories again. They're 96th in first downs allowed. They're actually 14th in sacks. I don't understand how that happens. They played Eastern Washington, the FCS school, which we were on Eastern Washington, by the way. Um, yeah. Long story short, I don't think I have a play on this one other than under than the under. I could see this being a 40, let's see, like 44, 14. I could see this being a 40 to 14 game. I just, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. Look, if you're going to play anything, you got to play the under in this one because UNLV's offense is atrocious. Fresno State's defense is going to lock in. 44-10, my final prediction. All right. Now, the meat and the taters, the biggest, most awesome part of this slate. Best game of the night, 8 p.m., ACC Network, Liberty, the Flames, Syracuse, the Orange, which I just found out some really cool, interesting information about the Syracuse Orangemen, is what they were called until 2004. Apparently, in 2004, the board of directors and whoever it is that handles the mascot designation and the name and the university outlook for Syracuse got together with board members of Nike for a couple of years, starting in 2000, late 2002, early 2003, I think it was. In 2004, the Syracuse Orange decided to change their name from the Syracuse Orangemen to the Syracuse Orange to rebrand. It was Nike's idea, essentially. Nike really loved Carmelo coming out of high school. Mello obviously went to Syracuse in 04, won that national title with him. I think that Mello and Nike were the reasons why Syracuse decided to change it up to quote-unquote rebrand. This game, Liberty and Syracuse, was a – now you're up to date on your Syracuse knowledge. You can use that at some bar trivia. 
What year did Syracuse change their mascot from the orange men to the orange? 2004. Um, this opened at minus six. It was a game that we looked at in the look-aheads. We got it up to six and a half now. It's gone up to a hook. I would not be shocked to see this hit the key number of seven, which is what I was looking to avoid when I took the key number of six at the beginning of the week. Liberty handled this team last year. Liberty is on track to have a special year. I know that Liberty has had some easy games this year, but they've done exactly what we thought they should and what we expected them to do. They throttled Campbell. They beat Troy 21-13. That was a tough-fought game. I'm high on Troy this year, though. And then they handled Old Dominion. 27.5-point favorites. They covered. Old Dominion didn't play football last year. One area that this team needs to get better at, third down conversions. But you look at Syracuse's defense, and they only have one green number, and that's points allowed. They're 32nd. You look at all these red numbers on their defense, they're 116th in red zone efficiency, 85th on third down conversion, 80th in first downs allowed, 99th in sacks allowed, or I'm sorry, sacks given. 70th in passing yards, 71st in rushing yards, 85th in yards per play, 66th in turnovers created. Liberty's top 10, number seven in turnovers allowed. They don't create them, or I'm sorry, they don't give them up too much, and it's because you've got some talented experience at quarterback as well as running back. In the backfield, in the backfield, you have... Malik Willis, who will be in on an NFL roster next year. I'm, I'm saying it. He will be. Then you've got Josh Mack at running back. Phenomenal talent. Phenomenal. Josh Mack and Malik Willis combined. And then they also got, you see, Liberty's got two running backs in the backfield. I'm blanking on the other's name. TJ Green. Yeah. TJ. They got three backs that can get involved. I forgot about Shedro Lewis also. Malik Willis, he's probably going to rip off 100 yards on the ground this game. He had 20 carries against that tough Troy defense for 93 yards and a touchdown. Very efficient as a passer. You've heard me harp on this. I know I've done a couple of Liberty previews, but I'm very high on this team. 21st and first down, 7th and sacks allowed as an offense, 21st in passing yards, 33rd in rushing yards. They are balanced. Syracuse is balanced on defense against the pass and the rush, but they're just balanced very badly. Um, they give up a lot. Red zone efficiency, 56th. Liberty could improve there, but they're going against the 116th ranked defense and red zone efficiency in the Syracuse Orange. So look for that to be prevalent. 15th in yards per play, 10th in points scored. Syracuse 32nd, like I said, in points allowed. So that's going to be the closest gap in terms of metric. We look at Syracuse's offense, and they've actually done really well in spots that they should 
But again, I'm not impressed with who Syracuse has gone against. They've played Ohio without Frank Solich. They, you know, allowed them to score nine points. They only scored 17 against Rutgers. 17-7 was that final score. And then they played Albany. They allowed Albany to score 24 points, which I get it. Syracuse woke up. They scored 62 points. This total was 41 and a half in that Syracuse-Albany game. Syracuse shouldn't have scored 62 points. It was big play after big play after big play. It was explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. That's not Syracuse's offense. And I know that Liberty is going to be able to withhold that from happening. You look at this Liberty defense, they need to get more sacks. They need to create more turnovers. But in between those two things, they're 10th in red zone efficiency as a defense, 37th in third down conversions, they're 46th in first downs allowed, 50th in passing yards allowed, 41st in rushing yards, 46th in yards per play, 24th in points allowed. So the level of competition does give me pause. But look, this is a Liberty team that's undefeated, undefeated against the spread. Over-unders are one and two to the under because I think that their defense is that solid. Last year, Liberty handled Syracuse 38-21. Granted, it was at home. But last year, Liberty played, I think it was three ACC schools, and they went two and one, and they were a barely missed field goal, or it might have been a tipped field goal. I think NC State blocked it at the very end. Liberty hits that field goal against NC State. Liberty has an undefeated season last year. They beat and sweep the ACC. This is a team that has gone against high-level competition dating back to last year and the year before that. Hugh Freeze, former SEC coach, has a team in place that has seen intense competition. Syracuse, sure, they're a big school. They're in the ACC, but I don't think they're going to offer intense competition against Liberty. Liberty's in a great spot here, and I'm looking to back them. I'm backing them all year. This is a team that I'm calling for them to have a special season. This is a team I think that could go undefeated. They've got some tough scheduling happenings happen at the end of the year, but this team right here, I don't think Syracuse is going to be able to stop Malik Willis. Malik Willis is dynamite, and then if they do, if they do, they got to worry about Shedra Lewis and Josh Mack, CJ Green. They got to worry about Malik Willis on the ground if they do stop him as a passer. If they stop him on the ground, they got two other running backs to worry about. They also got to worry about Malik Willis then becoming a passer or moving the pocket, maybe not running the ball, but still using his legs to get more time. And this offensive line for Liberty, pretty talented. They return a lot of guys. This is a team that has so much experience. I feel... So I was looking over some numbers here. I just love Liberty here. I do. I do. Um, But, I mean, that's no knowledge. Y'all knew that that's where I was going to go. 
Y'all knew that this was the game of the night for me. If you know the show, if you know me as a host, you know I love Liberty. So that game against Troy was really telling. Troy, I've said it a couple times. I'm pretty high on them this year. I think they're going to get a couple of upsets that are going to have them show out. With that being said, I think that's going to wrap the show. We covered the Friday night slate. Make sure to follow the rest of the guys and the rest of the team to get updated plays on the baseball card. We'll be putting some plays out throughout the day. On top of that, we've got NFL coming up this weekend. We've got uh, tons of college football tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled on our Twitters, on our activity, on the website, hoop-ball.com, within the wager pass, the free play article, all of it. And go follow Power Sports or Power Bet Sports. I'm sorry. I get dyslexic sometimes. Go follow Richie at Power Bet Sports. PBS brought to you in part by Hootball. <laughs> so go do that. Make sure to become a member of this family. I rattled off Richie's MLB record in Discord just for this last week. If I mean, that's got to be reason alone to just come hang out in the Discord for a month. Like we'll we'll pay for your monthly uh, subscription, you know, alone in those plays from Richie. I mean, he digs in deep. He finds some really great baseball metrics. He's a smart guy. I'm glad he's on our team. I'm glad that he is in here with us. So with that being said, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. Make sure to have a safe and kind and positive day today. Do something nice or kind for someone if you can. If you need something nice or kind to happen to you, I hope it happens. I'm sure it will. I'm putting those vibrations out there for you. Let's collectively have a wonderful day and be positive and be patient out there. Like I always say, there's a lot going on in the world. So let's help each other out. Please do leave those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Apple user, we're, we're starting to crack that algorithm. Spotify, give us a follow. Give the podcast a follow. That helps us out a lot. Uh, starting to see our podcast jump up the, you know, search engine. Whenever you just type in sports betting, you know, it's, it's awesome to see us up there with some of these other podcasts that I look forward to look up to, you know, to see my show right there with like the college football experience from the sports gambling podcast network, shout out to Mr. Colby Dant, uh, you know, Bill Simmons podcast. Like it's just, uh, you know, uh, the Action Network, they have a podcast, you know, so uh, there's a um, couple of others I'm forgetting right now. But for the uh, Sports Grid, you know, the Sirius XM channel, Sports Grid, seeing my show and my podcast next to those, it's crazy. It is. It's surreal. And it's because of y'all. So just keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to keep appreciating you. And I really do love every bit of information and feedback that we get from y'all. So let's continue to grow as a family. The more we grow, the more we can give. It's all about giving. So let's do that. 
Let's give some fun times today. It's Friday. Happy Friday to y'all. Cheers. Clank. Bottoms up. Today in sports betting is out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.